Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffrey Kennedy, author of Fantasy Romance and Romantic Fantasy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Hmm, that's good. Today is Monday, November 29th. Almost the end of November. Uh, almost the end of 2021. Seems kind of amazing, doesn't it? Uh, time flies. Time flies by. Uh, 2021 picked up in pace considerably, didn't it? <sighs> and now I am back from traveling for Thanksgiving. Uh, had a good time seeing family for the holidays. It was a very relaxing trip. Uh, fun to hang out fun just to hang out with people. My mom was laughing at me because I brought my uh, coffee set up with me. Brought my Nespresso, my Nespresso capsules, my uh, Breville foamer, frother. I guess it's a frother, not a foamer. Um, and my Stevia. And got my mom to get me some half and half. Thank you. And so, yeah, I was able to make my drinks at home, which was, she, I believe, called me high maintenance, you know, which I have never, um, never claimed to not be high maintenance. In fact, I've always owned the fact that I am, uh, I have my needs that I like to have met, but I totally take ownership for those needs. Um, I figure as long as I maintain myself, it doesn't matter how high maintenance I am. Also, I mean, that's kind of a, I mean, don't you think there's a little bit of misogyny to that statement too? Because is it ever applied to anyone but women? And usually it means a woman like, at least the main association I have with it is, is men saying to each other, oh, that one's going to be high maintenance, meaning that they're going to have to spend a lot of money to keep her happy. Uh, as opposed to, I mean, sometimes I hear women refer to themselves as being low maintenance, as in they don't like, you know, fancy clothes. They don't like makeup. They'll be like, Oh, I'm very happy camping. Well, I like camping and hiking. I also like pretty clothes. I've never understood why it has to be one or the other. And I think, you know, Alexia Chantel, uh, you feel me on this, right? You were the one who said that you've gone, uh, climb trees and climbed rocks in a dress. And that's, it's not that freaking hard, you know, that it's, um, I don't know. It's, it's a false dichotomy this idea that somehow uh, you can't be uh, a girly girl and interested in uh, finer things like clothes and makeup and hair and also have interests in other things simultaneously that, that we're actually capable of understanding uh, that like when I go camping, I wear the kinds of clothes that I don't care if they get, muddy and torn. I, I mean, it's entirely possible. I remember once 
uh, when I'd started working at a new job in an environmental consulting firm um, for this man uh, who was, oh, he was probably in his 50s at the time. And we were going on a leaving Laramie, Wyoming in the springtime and going to uh, Arizona to do field work, um, measuring. I mean, I don't want to go too far into the weeds here, but we were basically measuring a stream that for a copper mining company as part of their compliance. Um, so we, you know, checked the water quality of the stream and, and other markers of the health of the stream. And it basically required hiking up and down the stream and doing this stuff. So we met at the airport and I was wearing a sundress and sandals. And he looked me up and down with that look. You know that look that some men get on their faces, that sneer. And he's like, I hope you don't think that you're going to be wearing that hiking up and down the creek. And I just looked at him and I'm like, gosh, no, I didn't. Which is why I have a suitcase packed with my field clothes, you fucking dick. I kind of left off the end of that. Nothing like an F-bomb on a Monday morning. I know some of you are shocked. I don't know why. It's like if you listen to the podcast, you know that it's going to come out. So anyway, I mean, it was just the most ridiculous thing. You know, it was like <laughs> the beautiful thing about clothes is you can put them on and take them off and you can change them for different clothes. Um, I don't understand why it's like, Oh, you'd only wear one thing ever. Anyway, that's a tangent. Um, high maintenance. High maintenance. Um, you know, I think when men say it to other men in that sense of, oh, that's a high maintenance woman. It's like, well, maybe it means that she's not just going to knuckle under and be um, your, your little wifey slave. <laughs> Yeah, no. Um, but, you know, I figure that's part of of women being actual people and earning our own money and so forth is that um, you get to, to fund however it is that you like to maintain yourself. I just can't think of a time I've ever heard of a man being called high maintenance. Um, whereas, you know girls who feel me and guys out there, not you, <laughs> not all men. Um, but you know, we joke about the man cold thing. And one of the things about that is, is that men can be very high maintenance that way. You know, the, please take care of me. Um, you know, the, the, where's my, this, why can't I find my things? And it's like, you know, I, I don't know. Why can't you find your things? Anyway, I didn't mean to be off on a, on that particular riff today. I even had something written down to talk about, and this isn't any of them. Um, so I did not, uh, work on the book at all during the week. I thought that I would, I thought I would do like a thousand words in the morning. I've done that before. Um, it is the advantage of going off to Starbucks, but I just, I guess I felt like I needed the break. I worked on it a little bit on Monday on gray magic. And I just, um, I was, 
I had short timers disease. I was like ready to go. And so then we drove all day Tuesday and it was just, it was just nice to have the days off. So, but I do need to hit the ground running. I need to uh, get this book written. Um, I saw a tweet yesterday from Laura Darnell. She tagged me and said that she had woken up feeling melancholy. So she had reread Bright Wizard. Bright Wizard. That's funny. Bright Wizard is like in the next series. Bright Familiar. Um, and that just makes me happy. I love it when people say that, um, you know, that a book of mine lifts their mood, makes them happy. Um, and she interestingly said that she thought it was her favorite book of mine so far. Which I'm curious to know why. What makes Bright Familiar your favorite? But it was well-timed because it's um, going into gray magic. I really wanted that. Um, it's good to have that boost. I also had a very nice boost um, from Mary Robinette Kowal, who uh, texted me over the Thanksgiving holiday. She had been reading Orchid Throne. And first she texted me saying that she just wanted me to know that this may be ever so slightly spoilery, so close your ears if you want zero spoilers, but that the moment when uh, Khan sees the portrait of his parents made her cry. I love it when I make people cry. Um, and I feel like Mary Robinette isn't necessarily an easy mark on the making cry. So I, um, I didn't see her text immediately. And by the time I texted her back and told her how happy she'd made me, um, she told me that she, and also that I was so happy that she was reading it over her holiday break, um, which to me is a high compliment as well. And she said that she'd already finished reading it and she loved it. And then she um, put it on Instagram. So that was really nice. <sighs> So, you know, oh, and then other just piece of news, um, Dark Wizard is still on sale for 99 cents through tomorrow. So uh, if you know people who would like to buy it, I should probably do like a, a push on it. But um, yeah, grab that book. A lot of people have been. But, you know, sometimes I wonder about the I did this because the um, the Black Pharaoh Friday you know, the group put together. Um, sometimes I feel like all the shopping for Black Friday doesn't necessarily include books. Although a lot, I did get a lot of sales on Friday in particular. So maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but yeah, the, the, um, the pressure out there to spend money feels especially keen this year, doesn't it? I did do a little shopping on Friday with my mom and my stepsister went out to lunch and it was lovely. Um, so yeah, the, I was catching up yesterday on some social media and stuff. And I was, I can't even remember what I saw now, but I saw something where someone, um, Oh, it, it was me actually. <laughs> uh, I saw somebody ask a question. And they said for people out there who speak modern Hebrew, they wanted to know something. And 
I really wanted to answer the question, which is bizarre, strange and bizarre, because I do not speak modern Hebrew. Uh, I, or I don't, I'm not familiar with modern Hebrew. I'm not even that familiar with ancient Hebrew. You know, I've studied some, some Judaism, you know, back when I was doing comparative religious studies. So I don't know what it was that like this impulse seized me where I really wanted to be able to answer the question. And I saw somebody else had answered it and they said, Oh, thank you. You know, and the person, you know, like I didn't understand the answer. <laughs> um, so why did I want to answer this question? It's a, it's an interesting human impulse, isn't it? And we see this a lot. And my assistant Corrine comments on it regularly on Twitter. Like when people ask for book recommendations or something and they'll say, well, I already read Y series and I'm looking for a similar series. And then like somebody will come back and say, oh, you should read Y series. <laughs> it's like, okay. Or um, people will say, I recommend romances only. And people will say, well, this isn't a romance, but uh, it's this, we want to, I don't know, to be heard, to contribute. I'm not sure what it is. Maybe the psychologists know. But it reminded me of a time when I was a wee Jeffy um, in third grade. And I was put into this gifted and talented program, which was a mixed bag. It was a very interesting year. Uh, it was for the entirety of third grade. And my elementary school had pulled out uh, gifted and talented kids from all of these different grades. And so there were a bunch of sixth graders, bunch of fifth graders, uh, some fourth graders and three third graders. And the three third graders were me and two gals who became my two best friends. Uh, we were kind of pre-selected to be friends, nerd friends. But as a result, oh, a little flicked some foam here. Um, as a result, my, uh, I don't know, my, my education that year was patchy. We studied a lot of Colorado history. We wrote and put on a play. There was a lot of great creative stuff. And, and so maybe, you know, maybe this was formative for me. Um, I also know bizarre things about Colorado history that um, this is why. <laughs> we traveled around the state a whole lot. And when we were on the bus, um, like getting ready to go somewhere or waiting for everybody to get there, I can't remember exactly why it was, but the teachers would have contests. Now, why they, looking back on it, I wonder about this, but they would have Maybe it was just like one teacher who drove this. I can't remember that clearly, but she would put out long or not. Yeah. Long division problems. I'm going to sneeze. <coughs> For people to do math in their heads. And what's funny is, is like, I didn't even know my multiplication tables yet. Um, because we were supposed to learn that in third grade year. And this did lead to a, a much greater trauma uh, when I entered fourth grade and was expected to learn division. And uh, I did not know my multiplication tables. And so my stepfather uh, endeavored to teach me, actually he did, 
totally drilled me in multiplication tables over a couple of nights, but it was a, a very traumatic experience. Um, and in some ways I trace some of my math anxiety back to that. Cause even though I was like in advanced math classes, they were always pushing me ahead because I was apparently good at math. I never felt like I was good at math because you know, it was like, I still remember that, um, not knowing the instant answer to the mul multiplication tables, uh, even though I learned them really fast, but it was that initial anxiety of not knowing it. And then also these long division problems, which were impossible for me to solve. And my, my friends and I would guess the answers and the other kids would get really frustrated with us. Understandably, you know, I mean, we were like, we just wanted a chance to win at the contest too. Um, cause you could get things like a candy bar or something like that, you know? And so we figured there was a non-zero chance that we could actually hit on the answer by accident, <laughs> you know, monkeys and typewriters. Right. Uh, but I remember, you know, the long division just being, and I'm sure the problems were not even that hard, but they were completely inscrutable to me. And now looking back, why didn't they have contests with spelling? Um, why didn't they have contests that were suited, you know, quizzes that, that everybody had an equal opportunity to answer? I guess they wanted to, maybe they were trying to like settle the sixth graders down or something. I don't know. But I think more than that, more than just wanting to win the candy bar or whatever was I wanted to be able to, to offer the answer. I wanted to be able to say what the answer was and have an opportunity at it. Um, I always found taking tests kind of fun because it was like a puzzle figuring out the answers, uh, math anxiety aside. So I was just thinking about all of those things, neither here nor there, but, um, yeah, I don't know. That's what you get here at first cup of coffee, right? And an amalgam, amalgam, amalgam of what I am thinking about. So on that note, I am going to go get busy with the book. I will, uh, remind you all first cup of coffee is part of the Frolic media podcast network. You will find more podcasts that you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Excuse me. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye.